music. Love this music on NFL Films. Guys, a lot of you are too young to remember back when every game wasn't on DirecTV, Sunday Ticket, back when you got one or two NFL games on a Sunday, and then every Sunday, every Saturday, six days later, you'd have to watch the one-hour-long highlight show of extended highlights from the NFL games the week before. The games were six days old, and they would play this awesome NFL Films music, and somebody would go on a long run, and they'd play this music. Oh, it's the best. Okay, enough old school memories. Let's get to the point. It is a Tuesday edition of the We Tackle Life podcast. Yes, on May the 24th. Glad to have you guys along. Thanks for listening. Sorry, no podcast Friday or Monday. Uh, Friday, I forget what I had to do Friday, but uh, yesterday it just got really super hectic. And uh, as works out often here on the We Tackle Life podcast, we wait, we wait, we wait to do the podcast. And then there are events that happen that provide us with content to talk about as it concerns Ohio State or the Browns or the Bengals or some other team. And we have a little Ohio State news today, and it's not happy news. I'll tell you that right off the top. It concerns the medical examiner's report about uh, Dwayne Haskins on the day that he died. So we're going to talk about it because it's in the news, but it's something that I'd rather not talk about. But nevertheless, we will because we confront stories here, whether they are pleasant or whether they are unpleasant. Uh, What has been pleasant for me, I will tell you, is that I've gotten the opportunity to interact with a couple of you who have responded via the podcast to my offering for you to explore being intentional with your shopping dollars. What do I mean by intentional? You go to the store, your wife goes to the store, you got to have mouthwash, you got to have toothpaste, you got to have shaving cream, shampoo, conditioner, Maybe you buy a certain kind of vitamin or supplement or whatever, something for your baby. You buy aspirin, Band-Aids, blah, blah, blah. Not stuff we get super excited about. Mom doesn't come home and go, hey, hey, I got a great deal on Curad instead of on Band-Aids. You won't believe what I got. No, those are just the things we have to have to live our daily lives. But they're made by companies, whether you know it or not, that are among the 11 biggest conglomerates in the U.S. Their main asset manager, their main stockholder rather, is BlackRock, Vanguard, or State Street. All three companies also do a ton of business overseas. And so American interests are not always top priority for them. And those of you who stick around for the end of the podcast to listen to the faith portion of the podcast, you may not share the social approach of some of these companies like Procter & Gamble or You may not share the environmental approach. You may not like the fact that these companies are cited for dumping chemicals into the waterways and lakes and streams. And you may not like that, you know, occasionally the factories blow up because there's an explosive chemical reaction. And you wonder, what does that stuff do to my body? For any of those reasons, it's an opportunity for you to switch into an American company. All its products are plant-based. They cut down on all their environmental waste by making cleaning products in concentrated form, so you mix it with water, less plastic, making uh, awesome vitamins and supplements, higher absorption rate than any other on the market, scientifically proven. We've got the studies for you to watch. And you can buy all those same household products, personal care items, makeup, lotion, shaving cream, from an American company that donates to the military, the police, and stands for quintessential American family values. They'll never be a big conglomerate owned by some bunch of shareholders who puts pressure on them. Patriot Switch. Go to PatriotSwitch.com. 
Click on Bruce Hooley in the down menu. I'll give you a call. We'll talk. I'll explain it to you. You won't pay any more than you're paying now. You'll just buy the stuff you're already buying from a different store. So I hope you do that. PatriotSwitch.com. PatriotSwitch.com. Okay, the Browns are in OTAs, Organized Team Activities. Uh, They have, uh, of course, Deshaun Watson under contract and Baker Mayfield on the trading block. And Baker is rehabbing his surgically repaired left shoulder. If he were the Browns starter, he would not be participating in OTAs, but he would be on schedule to return for training camp in July. He is obviously not at these OTAs, not because he had surgery, but because he's been (laughs) surgically removed from the top of the depth chart by the arrival of Deshaun Watson. So they want, the Browns want to trade him. He wants to be traded. And the rumors persist that he will end up in, well, take your pick. Carolina, where the quarterbacks are Sam Darnold or Matt Corral out of Mississippi, or Seattle, where they have Geno Smith and Drew Locke. Yes, there is an NFL team that in May is absolutely positively telling its fan base, no, we're fine at quarterback without Russell Wilson. We have Drew Locke, or we have Geno Smith. So I think the Panthers and Seahawks both, well, the the Seahawks would definitely be better off with Baker Mayfield. The Panthers, I don't know if they would be or not. I mean, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, potato, patata, tomato, tomato. Uh, maybe they'll call the whole thing off to stick with the old uh, Broadway show tune. Or maybe they'll do a deal. So I don't know what will happen. But uh, Baker Mayfield is not at OTAs. And, you know, that's good for him and for the Browns because he'd just be a distraction. Everybody would run to him and want to comment. And I don't think it's in Baker's uh, nature to never uh, comment on something like that. So we will see what he will do. But he's not going to be at the uh, Browns OTAs. As for uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, I saw a thing today that there is some analyst out there who is picking the Bengals to go back to the Super Bowl this year. Mm -hmm. I say no to that just because does anybody make a repeat Super Bowl appearance year to year? No, I don't think so. I don't think that's uh, going to happen. Because it's just really, really hard to get there the first time and really, really hard to repeat. Now, I think the Bengals have a good chance to repeat as division champs. And some people think I'm crazy to say that, but they fortified the offensive line uh, via free agency. And the offensive line, though, is going to be almost entirely new. They'll have four new starters on the offensive line. And an offensive line has to operate as a unit. So as bad as the old unit was, and it was bad because Joe Burrow got sacked a ton it still was a unit that knew how to play together. So, sure, you can have Joe Mixon back and T. Higgins back and Jamar Chase back and Tyler Boyd back and Joe Burrow back, but it all is predicated on the O-line, and so they got to have all those guys healthy and they got to have all of them working together because they have so much. But I think the Bengals, if they didn't have, like, the toughest schedule I've ever seen the second half of the season, I would say they could be a second-half team. But, man, their schedule the second half of the season is just brutally difficult. And so I don't know quite what to expect out of the Cincinnati Bengals record-wise. I think they could be a better team uh, this season and not have as good a record as they had a season ago. But what I'll say about the Bengals is not Super Bowl-related. It's regular season-related. 
And I think they will be a playoff team this year. I just do. I know a lot of people go, oh, how do you look at the Browns and the Ravens? I mean, I get the Steelers, no Big Ben. But how can you not say the Browns and the Ravens will be in? Well, you know, Lamar Jackson runs a lot. And any guy who runs a lot could get hurt a lot. And the Cleveland Browns, do you know Deshaun Watson is going to be there the whole season? Do you know he's going to seamlessly fit into what the Browns do on offense? Do we even know what the Browns do on offense? I don't. I mean, they have Nick Chubb, and then their games, they forget about Nick Chubb. So I think the Bengals know who they are, what they have, and they have, to me, a team that looks like a playoff team. Now, as I said, that closing schedule is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Starting in Week 11, they are at the Steelers, at the Titans, then the Chiefs at home, Browns at home, then back-to-back weeks at Tampa, at New England. Who's better, Brady or Belichick? Well, the Bengals will get a chance to weigh in on that. And then, oh, well, okay, two weeks left in the season. we got to have a breather coming, right? No, no, unless you consider a home game against the Buffalo Bills, quite possibly the best team in the AFC, a breather, or a home game in the season finale against the Ravens who might be playing for a division championship. So, no, that's a tough schedule, man, super tough schedule. And that's why I say the Bengals, I would say they could be a second half of the season team, but not with that schedule. Not with that schedule. So we'll keep our eye on it and see how it goes. All right. A reminder, Hemisphere Coffee Roasters, a place where you can get 15% off when you use the promo code We Tackle Life in all caps. We Tackle Life in all caps. Awesome coffee. It comes from places you'd never be able to buy coffee otherwise. Because these are small growers, okay? Small growers in Indonesia, Thailand, Ethiopia, Nicaragua. How does Hemisphere get the coffee? Well, Paul who started Hemisphere Coffee Roasters, used to be a missionary. And he has personal relationships with these growers through his missionary work. And Paul decided, I think I can get myself involved in a business I really enjoy, coffee, and also help these guys employ people locally, build a local economy, further ministry efforts in these parts of the world, I think I can do those two things together. And he has done them together. And you've helped him do those things together by purchasing your coffee online from HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. They got more flavors than you could possibly ever sample. They are so flexible. You want it in K-Cups? Done. You want it in light, medium, or dark roast? Done. You want it in whole bean roast? However, done. You tell them they do it. Paul is an amazing Barista? Are you are a, are you a barista if you're a man? I don't know. You're, if you're a you can't be a barrister because that means you're a lawyer. But Paul can make an awesome coffee latte, whatever else you want, and he also knows how to roast those coffee beans, as does Andy and the other people at Hemisphere. So they do a great job. So please, please be a repeat customer, one of the many repeat customers of Hemisphere Coffee Roasters, who find your way to either their store in Mechanicsburg or their site, HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com, via the We Tackle Life podcast and use our promo code WETACKLELIFE in all caps. All right, a little good Ohio State football news. A little good Ohio State football news. The Buckeyes, I think, have as good a chance as anybody to win the national championship, which sounds silly, in a year where a normal college team would lose two first-round wide receivers. But hello, 
Did they look like they missed Chris Olave or Garrett Wilson in the Rose Bowl? I don't think so. Now, not everybody's defense is Utah's, but never, but not every Big Ten team is as good as Utah. So I do not expect Ohio State to lose a regular season game. I think they are unquestionably a playoff team, a one or a two seed. I don't know. Is Bama going to be undefeated? Is USC going to be undefeated? I don't think Ohio State will play a particularly close game this year. I don't think Marcus Freeman and Notre Dame will play a close game against them in the season opener because that place is going to be nuts for a night game on game day against Notre Dame. And proof positive that it is nuts is inflation comes to Ohio State football. Actually, inflation has nothing to do with it. Tickets would be high priced no matter whether gas food, lodging, and everything else is through the roof. Tickets are going, some of them are going for almost $9,000. Now, I hesitate to say tickets to Ohio State Notre Dame are going for $9,000. Just because you ask $9,000 for your tickets on the 50 does not mean you're going to get $9,000 for your tickets on the 50. But, But because it's Notre Dame and Ohio State and they have not played since 1995 and 96, since it's only the third time in history they'll have a series back and forth, I think there's a chance some crazy, rich, don't-care person will pay that kind of price for those tickets. I'll watch it on my mammoth television in my man cave and be perfectly happy with that and not have to fight the crowds. But some people have to be there, and so I get it. But the prices are crazy high, crazy, crazy high. For Ohio State and Notre Dame. Who else is going to beat Ohio State? Michigan? No, not in Ohio State. It's not going to happen. Uh, So I think the Buckeyes will go undefeated. And one of the reasons why I think they have a chance to be super good is because they have added uh, one of defensive coordinator Jim Knowles' best players, defensive back uh, Tanner McAllister. Tanner McAllister. Ohio State's not a program that needs to go all in on the transfer portal because... Hello, when you recruit four and five stars at every position, you don't need to go find help. But in this instance, and actually as I think about it, in isolated instances in the past couple years, they've added a consequential transfer. I mean, Justin Fields was pretty consequential, right? Uh, Jonah Jackson on the offensive line was pretty consequential. Trey Sermon didn't start out consequential, but sure ended up being consequential in the Big Ten Championship game against Northwestern. And, well, I mean, I he's a kicker, but I'll count him. Noah Ruggles. Noah Ruggles, the transfer from North Carolina. He was good. So Tanner McAllister, defensive back, Oklahoma State. He goes from one OSU to the real OSU. And he knows Jim Knowles' defense. And I just think it's different having a guy who's played in Knowles' defense telling other guys how to play in Knowles' defense than it is when Knowles himself is telling them. Because what? Jim Knowles thinks like a coach. Tanner McAllister thinks like a player. And so that's going to be big for Ohio State. So that's why I think Ohio State, myriad reasons. They have Marvin Harrison. They have Jackson Smith and Jigba. I don't think I finished that point off on the wide receivers. But if you, sure, lose first-rounders, Olave and Wilson, normally you'd go, hmm, they've got to prove it at wide receiver. No, they proved it in Pasadena. So they're going to be fine right there. Okay, before we get to the uh, unnecessary but nevertheless uh, not not unnecessary the unpleasant but necessary uh, details on the death of Dwayne Haskins 
uh, let me remind you that if you need an attorney, you don't anymore because I'm about to solve that issue for you. Willis Spangler Starling is my attorney of choice. They're located in Hilliard. They have grown exponentially since I started talking about them. I'm sure that's not uh, entirely or even maybe even partially due to me. I hope it is because I would love to give you the peace of mind of knowing that there is an attorney in the Columbus area who will relate to you on a person-to-person, down-to-earth level. They're not pretentious. They're not stuffed shirt. They're not neckties around the oak boardroom table. They are just regular folks, but man, are they smart in the law, and they can handle any case across the whole entire legal spectrum. Wills, estate planning, personal injury, employment law, uh, social security disability, uh, you name it, they can do it. And they have evaluated uh, contracts that I have signed and have given me excellent advice and seen things that I have not seen. So I cannot recommend Willis Attorneys highly enough. WillisAttorneys.com, WillisAttorneys.com, W-I-L-L-I-S, WillisAttorneys.com, physically located Truman Boulevard and Hilliard, just a little bit north of Mill Run and Target and Home Depot. Okay, so the medical examiner in the Dwayne Haskins matter has weighed in. They did a blood toxicology report, and they found that Dwayne Haskins, when he was hit and killed by the dump truck in Broward County, Florida, which is near but near Miami, Florida. Miami's in Dade County. Fort Lauderdale's in Broward County. Haskins was down there supposedly working out with some of his then-Pittsburgh Steeler teammates that Dwayne Haskins had a blood alcohol registered reading of one reading was 20.20, 20%, and one was 24%, 0.24. All right, if you know anything about blood alcohol content, you know that this is at least double the allowable blood alcohol content of every state in the union. Ohio's used to be 0.10. It might have been lowered to 0.08. A lot of states, it's 0.08. I've never seen a state where it's not at least 0.08. So at 0.20, Dwayne Haskins is, you know, two and a half times the legal limit in Maryland, which is 0.08. And at 0.24, he's three times the legal limit in Maryland. Now, you got to understand, this doesn't give me any pleasure to say this, but the fact of the matter is I have done a lot of um, stories in my days as a news reporter about poor, unfortunate people who cause their own death or cause the death of others via drunk driving accidents. I've seen the wreckage. I've taken photographs of it. I've written about it. There are images you don't ever forget. And I was not a drinker in high school or ever. And I don't know if I had been a drinker, if I had seen some of the things I've seen, and if that would have kept me from becoming a drinker. But it's very obvious Dwayne Haskins was drinking the night that he died, the night and day after that he died. And I can tell you, and again, this this got me in the crosshairs today among someone that heard me say this, but it's nevertheless true, you don't go out and get inebriated at 0.20 or 0.24 and function the way Dwayne Haskins was functioning, driving, 
walking to get gas, walking back to his car, calling his wife. You don't do that at that blood alcohol content unless you have done this a fair amount of times. A fair amount of times. I'm not trying to slander him. I'm not trying to demean his memory. I'm not taking anything away from his performance at Ohio State. But Dwayne Haskins probably had a drinking problem and had two drugs in his system at the time of his death. And they were club drugs. And so he had a woman with him who was not his wife. And that doesn't mean what most of us assume that it means. He could have been being a good Samaritan and driving this woman home from the club so that she didn't imperil herself. But he was a danger to her, and he was a danger to himself, and he was a danger to others behind the wheel of his car at that blood alcohol content level. He just was. And I wouldn't be truthful with you if I told you that, oh, you know, he just— he just is a guy who has a couple of beers now and then, and then he went out that night and he got really hammered. And he, No, he wouldn't be able to do that. He would not be able to do that. And think of this again. Dwayne Haskins is a very large man. He's like, what, 6'5", 230? And how intoxicated you are is a function of how big you are and how much alcohol you consume. So he consumed a lot of alcohol. A lot of alcohol. And this happened 6 a.m.-ish in the morning. If the club closed at 2, he had 4 hours. If the club closed at 4, he had 2 hours. Your blood alcohol level diminishes the longer you're away from actually ingesting the alcohol. So Dwayne Haskins made some very poor choices on the night uh, that he died and on the morning that he died and getting out of his car and going. And the really, really sad part of this is, and a lot of not a lot of you know this, but the NFL does not want headlines like this. And so the NFL makes available to every player in the NFL a phone number to call and have someone come and get you when you are in a situation where you don't want to make a headline or you're not able to take care of yourself, or whatever. Of course, not many players take advantage of this because their fear is the team will find out. And so I don't know what entered into Dwayne Haskins' mind that day, but he was unquestionably heavily intoxicated and also under the influence of some drugs in his system when he ventured away from his car and was hit by a truck and died. And it is just so sad to see a any young person, whether they're an elite football player or not, extremely sad when a young person dies, extremely sad when a husband leaves a wife and child father, uh, you know, without a spouse and fatherless. And as I was just trying to ponder this and what I'd say about it, a friend sent me a link to the story of the night Dwayne Haskins was drafted. And that's like the best night of your life as a young football player. Your whole career is ahead of you. You're headed to the Hall of Fame. You're going to be an instant millionaire. And the story was about the draft party for Dwayne Haskins in his hometown uh, at which his family had invited 300 people. 300? Think of that. And... It was very clear from the story and from the uh, theme of the story being about this marketing firm that Haskins' father had started, Haskins and Haskins, that Dwayne Haskins was viewed as the meal ticket 
for many people. And that this had been an expectation on Dwayne Haskins in the mind of his father since, since Dwayne was 15 years old. That's a lot of pressure to live with. That's a lot of expectations to put up with. And so just, I mean, nothing critical of the Haskins family. Their pain is such that they don't, you know, need any uh, scolding or, or uh, scrutiny. But I'm just saying that kids are not mature enough to handle a lot of the things that are that is put on them. I'm an advocate of not ever, ever approving name, image, and likeness for Ohio high school athletes. I don't think it's necessary. I don't think it's advisable. I don't think it's wise. And I don't think it's lawfully required. And I hope it never happens because it will be bad for Ohio high school athletics. It'll be bad for the kids. It'll be bad for community relations. It'll be bad for intra-team relations. Anything we can do to keep expectations off these kids and not heap adult things on them, and I'm talking about everything from ideas and um, beliefs about adult things that little kids in elementary school are now being taught exposed to or high school athletes being like, well, I'm really good. So the local pizza store should give me money. Anything we can do to keep our kids innocent and spared the weight of adult things. We should do that. We should try to spare them. And I just think Dwayne Haskins passing is a clarion call to all of us to be careful about what we allow or advocate for as it concerns young people. So with that, we'll transition into the faith portion of the podcast and remind you that one of the benefits of doing a podcast or being a radio broadcaster is that over the years I've gotten to know some people that I never would have known had I remained a newspaper reporter. And I don't mean like subjects that I cover or people I talk about. I mean advertisers that I represent. And I have been so blessed to have, man, numerous people that I could talk about who I've met through my advertising relationships. I mean, they're just, I'd bore you because the names wouldn't mean anything to you, but they mean a ton to me. Point being, one of those people is Chrissy from auiinfo.com. They're great. And it's a very specialized business she runs. It's an insurance brokerage to help businesses deal with HR issues and other issues that crop up and benefits packages and all that. And it sounds like really tedious and boring to me, but God has made everybody with different interests. And Chrissy just loves helping people and loves educating people and finding that nu- that nuance, that loophole, that option, that thing that you don't know about as a business owner that'll save you money, get you better benefits, handle your HR things in an exp- expedient, uh, really competent way. So if you're a business owner, and that could be you and one other person, they're a small business themselves at auiinfo.com, auiinfo.com. You just type your questions into the chat, get their response, See what they can do for you. I know what they won't do. They won't charge you because their service is free. They're paid by the insurance companies you select from the options they present. 
So do it today, auinfo.com, and you'll thank me. You'll be like, wow, I'm glad I met her. You're right. You're lucky to know her, and I am. Okay, in the faith portion of the podcast today, I would like to tie two events in my life together that are, well, about 25 years apart. (laughs) Let's go back to the mid-1990s and my rekindling of my faith. A crisis had occurred in my life that forced me to uh, confront the fact that the answers to life had to be Um, they had to be beyond my ability to order them in my mind sensibly because everything I had built for myself in my life had crashed around my ankles. Everything I counted on, everything I believed to be true was proven not to be true, and I was a hurting pup. And I sat down with my Bible, and I said, I know their answers are in this book. I've not invested enough, hard enough, long enough, meticulously enough in finding them, but I'm going to. And I hope you will forgive me for my waywardness and show yourself to me because I need to get my life back on track. In the course of that, several months later, I was reading the book of Numbers. (laughs) Not one of the sexier books of the Bible, the book of Numbers. But in Numbers chapter 11, Moses is in the desert with the children of Israel. They've been liberated from Egypt. They went through the Red Sea, and the chariots were swallowed up of the Pharaoh, and they're in the desert, and they are hungry, and they are sick and tired of eating manna. Manna was like bread from heaven, but not bread like you and I think of it. It was something a little bit different and probably bland and not that tasty. And so they ate manna day after day after day after day. God provided it every day, manna from heaven. That's where the phrase comes from. And... They got tired of it, and they started complaining, bellyaching, moaning. And they said to Moses, I'm sick of this manna. I want some meat to eat. When we lived in Egypt, and they left out the fact that they were slaves in Egypt, when they lived in Egypt, we had all this fish to eat. And we had onions and leeks and potatoes and this and that. And here we have manna, 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 and we're sick of it. And Moses goes to God in prayer, and he says, hey, you know, these people are sick of the manna. And thanks a lot for putting me in this spot to bring these belly acres out here because now they're complaining to me, and I'm not able to feed them, so thanks a lot for bringing me out here. So Moses passed the complaining on to God. And so God said, okay, they want meat? I'll give them meat. I'll give them so much meat, they'll be sick of it. It'll be coming out of their noses, and they'll loathe it. That's Numbers 11. And I always liked that passage because God kind of got snarky with them. And Moses got snarky right back, and he said, where are you going to get enough meat to feed all these people? Like if all the fish in the ocean were killed, you wouldn't have enough meat for these people. And God's answer was, hmm, really? Is the Lord's arm too short is the Lord's arm too short in other words you think I can't do it watch and sure enough God brought in quail and the quail flew in and they were around the ground and the people got them and they all had plenty of quail and they had quail 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 and they had so much quail they did exactly they have what happened was exactly what God said it would they got sick on it and 
So I just like that story. Okay, so fast forward about 20, I guess it's 26 years later, 2022, and it's a Sunday afternoon, and I'm home, and I'm just chilling. And my wife comes to me, and she goes, hey, our sump pump's out in the basement. And I'm like, oh, great. So I go down, and it just stinks to high heaven. The water's been in there for days, and, of course, all my girls knew about it. Nobody said anything to Dad. And I'm like, why didn't you tell me? I've broken my nose five times. I can't smell anything. Come on, you got to tell me. So I'm grousing around and complaining around. I'm like the children of Israel in the desert. And I don't want my basement to flood, and it's poured down rain the day before, and it's supposed to pour down rain that night. I'm like, call a plumber and get him in here. And my wife is like, well, you know, it's really can't afford that emergency plumber repair. And I'm like, you don't mess around with water. We got to get it fixed. So in the course of waiting for the plumber, I went full children of Israel and muttered under my breath, but out loud, I am sick of worrying about paying for stuff like this. I'm sick of it. Because, you know, we're getting by, but we're not in as uh, prosperous an era financially as we were when I was working at um, some other positions that I've had in the past. My gratification for the job that I have now is not financial. It is uh, more spiritual. And I think that's important and it's great as long as the sump pump doesn't break. Okay. So I said that out loud. I said, I'm sick of this. When's this going to end? When am I going to make more money? And so God did not respond audibly. He didn't bring in any quail for me to eat and get sick on. But two days later, I'm at home and I just finished mowing the lawn and I came inside and I said out loud to my wife, I said, man, we are so lucky. Our 20 year old John Deere tractor continues to just run like a beast, just runs like a beast because we cannot afford a new lawnmower. Well, I ate my dinner and I went back outside and I got on my mower and I drove it down to the barn and it started running rough on the way to the barn. And sure enough, it conked out before I could get it in the barn. And it is by all accounts dead to the world. Not 10 minutes after I said, We are so lucky this sucker runs like a top. So that, as you might have imagined, ratcheted up my anxiety over how we're going to pay for this because I've got a lot of land and I got to mow it and I love mowing it and I need now a zero turn mower or another lawn tractor and that's in the thousands of dollars. And we definitely cannot afford that. And so... I tried not to get upset because I knew Sunday I didn't react well with the sump pump went out. So I sat down the next morning and I'm reading in my Bible as I do every morning and I'm reading now both Psalms and Proverbs. And guess what? Guess what? I came upon Psalm 78. And Psalm 78, in the middle of Psalm 78, whoever wrote Psalm 78, I don't know that it was David, but it might have been, starts writing about what happened in Numbers 11. My favorite story about God making the people sick on quail. And here's what Psalm 78 says. He divided the sea and led them through. He made the water stand up like a wall. 
He guided them with the cloud by day and with the light from a fire at night. He split the rocks in the wilderness and gave them water as abundant as the seas. He brought streams out of a rocky crag and made water flow down like rivers, but they continued to sin against him, rebelling in the wilderness against the Most High. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. And so it tells the story of Numbers 11 later on in Psalm 78. Verse 26, he let loose the east wind from the heavens and by his power made the south wind blow. He rained meat down on them like dust, birds like sand on the seashore. He made them come down inside their camp all around their tents. They ate till they were gorged. He had given them what they craved, but before they turned from what they craved, even while the food was still in their mouths, God's anger rose up against them. He put to death the sturdiest among them, cutting down the young men of Israel. So I'm sitting there reading this, and I'm like, all those years you've laughed to yourself internally about the Israelites' rebellion and chuckled over God's snarkiness to them, saying, is the Lord's arm too short? And here you sit in your chair in the morning after a couple years of God bringing about numerous financial rescues right at the minute you needed them. And you had the temerity to say out loud, I'm sick of this. Like, what are you sick of, Bruce? You're sick of him coming to your rescue, providing an advertising deal here, a job there, a freelance opportunity here or there. You're sick of the manna, huh? You're sick of the manna. You want to win the lottery. You want to land a job that pays blah, blah, blah. I sat there convicted that I was the thing I had made fun of 20-some years before. I complained about the manna. And so my message to you is that I am not going to complain about the manna. I'm not. Because I have learned that, A, God is in charge, and I'm not, and that I need to be thankful, (laughs) not only that he's in charge, and I'm not, but that while he is in charge, he never, ever forgets the manna. Once in a while, there might be steak, there might be quail, there might be something that's better, preferable, bigger, nicer, more robust, juicier financially than manna, but manna is a good thing, and you don't want to get sick of the manna, because if you get sick of the manna, then uh, one day the manna may dry up. So that is my last week or so. So I got to tell you that since that time, since the blow up of the sump pump and the blow up of the lawn tractor, we have had fall into our lap at home four or five unexpected financial blessings. No, they don't equal exactly the amount of money that I spent to get the sump pump fixed, 
or to buy a 10-year-old used zero-turn mower that in itself was a miracle that I found it in an era where you can't find used equipment of any sort. But nevertheless, we are surviving and the manna tastes pretty daggone good. So with all that said, uh, I hope that you find some encouragement, not just in my long-winded tale of disobedience, but in this song from City of Light. I have become a big fan of their music. You can find it on YouTube, and I'm trying not to violate the terms of service on playing 30 seconds of it. I think I probably have violated it, so I better get out of here before the uh, licensing police show up on my doorstep and kick me off to prison where I'm not sure I will get mana. But I hope you have a great week. (laughs) I'll talk to you again on the next edition of the We Tackle Life podcast.